Hello and welcome to another episode of I'm Definitely Home for the Holidays Christmas Special. Today's guest is Brian Carpenter. Brian is a mental health advocate, podcast host. Uh, he's also a what's that called? What's that called? A hypnotist. That's the one. Uh, and an author of his book entitled How I Escaped from a Mental Institute. Brian has gone through homelessness, the prison system, and being on medication such as Adderall since the age of six years old. Uh, I definitely feel for this guy. I mean, he represents the experiences that's, that a lot of people face, some of the experiences that uh, a lot of the people face. Uh, so many beautiful souls like Brian's are, are hindered. Uh, there, there just has to be a better road to recovery, to understanding mental illness than the, the, the pharmaceutical response that we provide in terms of uh, prescribing drugs for people to help them make sense of their own illness. Uh, thank you for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered, this is an open mind, and you're listening to I'm probably wrong about everything. All right, so Brian Carpenter is with us today. Thank you for joining us, Brian. Thank you so much, Robert. You're welcome. So just before we started recording, you were telling us a little bit about your life. Uh, you're, you're an author. It sounds like you're into meditation. There's a lot of other things that you're in for you. I think paralegal you had mentioned. So tell us, yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I, I am an advocate for mental health. Mm -hmm. I wrote the book, how to escape an insane asylum, um, available on Amazon, how to escape an insane asylum. It's got a little picture of an arm with a needle going into it. Right. And, um, that book is basically about how, the start of going into the system and a never-ending spiral of staying in the system and how the system keeps you in the system and how I ended up getting out of it. Mm -hmm. And today, now I'm talking to you clean and healthy in Utah and I'm, I'm snowing outside and I have the best life in the world to my ancestors and everything i have a podcast i got a couple of podcasts i got a meditation podcast i did about 20 years ago i studied uh, hypnosis and guided meditation and um nlp and thank god i did because those skills have helped me cope and succeed and be live um, I do a podcast now on, it's called anchor.fm slash great meditations, um, A-N-C-H-O-R .fm, great meditations. If you look in your favorite podcast, just great meditations, probably, well, if I, I, I don't know. Um, and you can always go to brian.gives and I have all my social links right there. B-R-I-A-N.gives in the domain name. And I have all my podcasts there. I got that. I got a little church thing where I try to put my um, belief system 
in what why why belief is a choice on a more on immortalself.org and then i just do a sometimes i do a, a, a personal journal on my pot and also i know another language i know a, a universe a fake language that was published in 1850 meant for world peace it's called esperanto and Every once in a while, I'll do a podcast on that. That's actually my biggest following right now. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. That sounds pretty cool. Esperanto, that's a language. Yeah, Esperanto was published in 1850, well, around 1850. Okay. By a man named L.L. Zamenhof. He brought it to the League of Nations. He says, look, I live in a country, there's five different languages spoken, and we have these prejudices. Mm -hmm. And at the time, French was what's called lingua franca or the world language. Right, of the United, and, yes, yep, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you want to talk about money back then, you talk in French, you know? <laughs> and anyway, we will, one, anyway, they had a vote and the Frenchmen said no, and it had to be unanimous or else we would know our native language and Esperanto now. Hmm. But it was meant because if you have a English speaker, English is now the world language. Right. But you have to be apologetic sometimes when you're talking to people that aren't, that don't, aren't as fluent. And then there's also a dominance factor. And, and I, the idea of being able to communicate more freely along, around the world, I like that idea. You know, um, some people don't think it's, uh, it's, 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 it's just a real radical thought to put all that energy in knowing that language but then again some people know like harry potter languages <laughs> yeah cling on yeah sure cling on and, yeah. and what is dothraki yeah right so those are art languages but esperanto is the only real spoken language that was constructed it's getting real popular now online wow um, great tools to learn it. Duolingo has an uh, Esperanto course, and uh, uh, that's a very popular website for learning languages. So what made you want to learn Esperanto? Well, I was a hypnotist, and I, I was trying to learn how to make up words. And yeah. when I found Esperanto, I found that it was neat to have a whole language of made up words right here at your disposal. If you have a feeling that you don't like, name it something and then name it something unique. And then it helps that bad feeling. You know, that's okay. what I heard I was trying to experiment with. Uh, if you name things, oh, you know, this. Uh, you know, and then you reverse it. There's different, different. I, that's how I found it online, but I didn't, I only studied it. I started studying it because I wanted to prove to myself that I could learn another language. Right. I didn't think I could learn another language. And Esperanto is the easiest language to learn. It has only 16 rules of grammar the rest are vocabulary. I have it on my podcast. Uh, I teach it. It's anchor.fm slash R-E-G-X-O. 
um, Duolingo. E, the language is called Esperanto, E-S-P-E-R-A-N-T-O. One who hopes is. Is that what that translates as, one who hopes? Esperi is the root word for one, hope, and onto is one who does, and it's one who hopes. It's really interesting that the language is made up of root words, and then there's these 32 suffixes and affixes. Mm -hmm. So you've got one root word, and then you got all these suffixes and affixes making your learning curve of vocabulary a lot less. Oh. Maybe 500 words, you can start talking in it. And um, 2,000 words, you're conversational. You know? um, so are there other people that you converse with? Yeah, with this I have language? a friend in Africa that I've been having a friend with for several years now. If you want friends in Nepal, there's an Esperanto group in Nepal. Uh, there's With COVID, I don't mm -hmm. think we're meeting together anymore, but um, there are Esperanto speakers all over the world. Uh, it's amazing how many times on Facebook there are... Um, uh it's it's a large we think there i think there's more than two million speakers that are active online i would say wow but see the thing is is it was not really popular in the 60s 70s mm -hmm. so there were a lot of older people um nowadays there's a lot of older people that know it um but it's getting popular online for the younger, for younger people. Um, and Duolingo and other tools like that have helped it. It's helped, I know that it's going bigger in, in, in like places like Africa and um, just, you know, just all around the world, it's gaining popularity. That's, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out. So your book, How to Escape from a Mental Institute, correct? Yeah, from an insane asylum. From an insane asylum. Thing. I yeah. thought that was a better word for it because, you know, these places, it's not like the movies were, but kind of, you know, there is a white room with padded rooms. Right. You see that in jail more often than you do. But, um, but, um, Really, what they don't show in the movies is how crowded these places are. Mm. It's incredibly crowded. The, the short-term facilities, there's all the space in the world. But when you go into a long-term, like, there's plenty of room in the short-term facilities. And that's if you're suicidal and, and you just cut yourself where a cop picks you up. Or, but a long-term, you've been to court. They just stuff you away, and, right. uh, and it's a holding and, cell, right? They don't do anything. They don't. They don't. They don't. I had court stuff I had to take care of when I was out after I escaped. I have still have still have a lot of stuff that I needed to take care of that they just didn't even care about my social responsibilities. And before you were talking about how you almost had to relinquish your social responsibilities. Well, yeah, they said I couldn't have more than $25, period. 
So tell I have us. no right. I was like a right, like a minor. Right. Less than a minor. So I had yeah. to do what they said. Had to, had to follow the nurse's instruction. Yeah. Like 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 they they almost determine you an in invalid, right? Like yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. They said you can't you can't take care of yourself and um it was way over extreme, mm -hmm. but they got me in a cycle where they don't give a crap. They just yeah. want they just they just want to give you a ticket to fix the problem. And it, it there was no ticket to give me. It just you give me a ticket, I gotta go to jail because I can't get on the bus to see the judge. And I had to go to court every Thursday and they take away my money. What am I supposed to do? Beg for money? Nobody has money over there. So Friday I go to jail because I couldn't go to court Thursday. Right. So how did you, the story very much starts out just from what I had read. It sort of starts out in Midas Res in the middle of, of this going on. And for me, I firmly believe that everybody has a reason how they get to where they are, right? So maybe it's a childhood or something happens in their adolescence as a young adult. How was it? Were you born with... Um... Well, they gave me ADD medication since first grade. Okay. Um, a lot of people are curious about this since in my book, I don't talk about it. I just open up at, basically at the point I'm getting a shot. Right. Um, I been off and on for years, sometimes years without medication. And then something will happen and some doctor will prescribe me something and then it starts a cycle. Um, but, uh, I mean, I was prescribed Ritalin in first grade. I was prescribed Adderall in middle school. And, you know, maybe if I had a prescription of Adderall right now, I'd be a little bit more wealthier, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. Because you can pawn that off pretty quickly to the college students, but I don't, and I don't. But, um, anyway, I, I didn't realize what I... But um, like I said, I consider myself having Asperger's or high functioning on the autism spectrum. Right. But I'm real social. It's just that I just, it's, it's, I've been able to get out of my comfort zone, learn how to get out of my comfort zone and be social. But long periods of time, I just start annoying people getting on their nerves and, right. and then you get away from them you know have you struggled with uh like substance abuse or oh i smoke weed but that's it yeah um so coffee. no alcohol or nothing nah yeah. i'll i'll drink at a club just the party or social right. but maybe this this year i probably drank three or four times right i go my brother-in-law when i go over to his house he's got he likes to drink and all his family drinks so i'll drink when i'm over there but um or and in the past i've gone to a bar or, or a halloween party or something like that the reason i ask is because 
you're talking about mental illness. Uh, well, we are talking about mental illness, mm-hmm. medication, all these things. And I know that substances for somebody who might be the easiest to get into and fall into a trap. Right. Honestly, as far as substances go, that's not that's not as a bad one. I see that more with the older males. Mm. Um, falling into alcoholism. Alcohol. The younger yeah. kids my age do more meth. Right. Meth, amphetamines. Um, I'm in Utah and there's a pro- and it's basically illegal mm. to smoke weed uh, out here, but for me, I need I need um, medication. CBD has really helped, and I'm glad that that's. Um, I'm originally from California, and in California, you get out of the gas station, you just wait. <laughs> yeah. Hey, buddy, can I get a bud? Because you're. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I'm dead serious. I'm not lying. It's the same. It's the same in uh, all of Canada. You can buy marijuana. Yeah. Really, yeah. I, I, and I've spoken to people about this. I mean weed to me is uh the the last of my worries that said i do think that you should be you know a certain age in order to well yeah i think you might be able to outgrow it let's hope so (laughs) yeah but but i and what i mean is is the brain i mean when you were in grade one and you're on ritalin and in middle school you're on adderall like that must i just don't your brain why they think that pharmaceuticals are are okay and yet here we got this and yes medic marijuana is a recreation it is a medication it's a medication and a recreation yes yeah I just like to- adderall can be used recreationally of course. oh yeah <laughs> but very different right i i don't think that the like adderall is a, is a synthetic drug whereas you know yeah. Marijuana, yeah. Not yeah, really, right? Drugs aren't safe. There are some synthetic. Marinol is one. Anyway, yeah. Well, and what was this? What's, what's really sad for about, we're talking about uh, a dual addiction, I think, what we're talking about. Right. In Salt Lake. You go to Salt Lake and you got zombies because of what they call spice. Have you ever heard of K2? I, it's like a serious opioid, right? Dude, this is supposed to give you the same kind of stony high as yeah. me, but it's totally synthetic. It's totally intense. You can have seizures. It sends people, kills some people. It comes in a bottle from Russia, and you just spray it. Oh on. yeah, crocodile. I think they call it. I they call it spice in where I'm from. Jesus. And then you just spray it on whatever, and then you just roll it up, put it in a joint, and it gives you a stony head high, but it's so foreign, and also it could turn you into a zombie, these people in Salt Lake, because it's not legal. Um, So that is, it's illegal to smoke, but not illegal to have so i guess it's less dangerous there's definitely a problem with how we enforce substance abuse 
just like mental illness, we need to be more compassionate, right? Like if somebody's addicted to opioids, mm. we need to, you know, or crack or meth. You or know, I think the problem I'm having, the problem I think, I think with pain, well, yeah, I mean, you can't illegalize, you know, if you had a clinic and then you were able to like, I don't know. I I don't have any experience with heroin. Never. <laughs> Me neither. And Thanks and I've known people, yeah. and, and even in Cal in California, I wasn't around people with heroin. Right. Every once in a while, I might have one or two people around me that didn't matter. But here in Utah, it's heroin everywhere. All everyone will do it, right. and on the street, and and. With we, it's just like the problem we're having is if you give is if there was an ability for them to to get a house, food, and right. be healthy. It's called the Maslow's theory of needs. Yeah, I think something that I believe in. Um, I want to read the book, but I just, this pyramid, you know, if you got your housing in order, you know, and you got your food in order, and you got hygiene in order, then you can work on becoming um, free, but if there's no point to life, I guess there's no point, and I think that's a lot of lot of what it is on the street there's just no point in living so which why not do it that's, with drugs? that's a wonderful uh what wonderful I, that's a very good point when, when i was past the time because yeah. there's nothing else when i was when i when i was i tried to go to college I, you know, a homeless going to college, but I ended up in jail and to the hospital too many times to actually get my homework done. And um, so that was just a little, I mean, if I didn't get jail and home, I, I one time was fine, two times stressing it, three times, ooh, I had to drop the class. <laughs> and the fourth You're pushing your luck. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the way I see it is that we've, waged this war on drugs right and it's just been a war to stop drugs but we've never asked why people are doing them and it's like you've said it's an escape it's an existential answer to an existential crisis you know what is the meaning of life right it's like we got everything but we have nothing you know that's why the opioid crisis is the highest in north america it's insane it's it's the highest in all the states. It's the highest in Utah, personally. Really? Yeah, I think because of the women trying to uphold standards. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. Maybe. Well, it's payment, right? So, but how did you get? Like, let's talk about you. How did you get to this place? Tell us a little bit about that story. Okay, so. I'm homeless with social security, been on social security about five years when I start the book. Right. 
and then it talks and then I talk about how I go to the clinic just off the cuff they didn't call me make an appointment I was just in the area right in there pretty out of the way so I for some <laughs> reason out there and um I stopped in and the nurse was like, yeah, look, your doctor changed your medication. It's like, what? And I was like, where is my doctor? Oh, and it's a new doctor. And I was like, okay. Oh, and we really want you to take this injection. Now at this time, I just like a week and just that day or a week, just as I'm doing it, I sign over my PE, see, when you're on American disability, they won't give you the money for mental health. They won't give you the money directly because right. they will just go and spend it on drugs immediately. So they'll give it to somebody else to take care of you. But but who's taking care of you? It, you know, so. Who, anyway. who, but who was taking care of you, Brian? The sister at the time. Right. And then I and then I transferred it to the state or to the county, Santa Barbara County. And there was so much red tape involved with getting my check. It was actual check that then I was expected to find a place to cash it for three percent. Right. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't even get the check in my hand. A cop offered to drive me over there as long as I went in handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't think I could walk back. So I so, couldn't do it. So you, it sounds like you felt like you were treated like a criminal. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I was in jail more times than, 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 than most people. I was in jail. They said at my trial, I, I, I've been to jail 74 times so and, and, but why were you going to jail trespassing just right. um being weird just just um being like like annoying to people people just calling 911 on you and the thing also is, is that number doesn't count the times when the tick cop gives you a ticket, brings you to jail, right. and expects you to go to court in a month. Remember that you have to go to court in a month. So then you get two tickets to go into jail twice. And then the thing is, is there's no food in jail when you're in your when you go to the drunk tank. Most of the time, there's a policy to must arrest. So they don't give you a ticket they bring you to jail then give you a ticket no matter what it is no matter what it is if it's a for a freaking ticket you're going to jail even a noise violation and um they just and then what i gotta walk most of the time i don't have shoes on because i was on the beach or something and i gotta walk back and I had, and I'm in jail for another 12, 13 hours, just doing nothing, spacing out without food. I get out and I still, I'm in the same problem I was in before. They came into the hospital and then, and then, and then I get in the hospital and then they just, they give me the same medication or a different medication 
but then that is an environment where all the 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 I have aut I believe I have autism, and yeah. that's when you have all this stimuli coming at you. Well, in the hospital, you don't have any of that stimuli, mm -hmm. so then you can become more functional. But it was a short-term solution. The meds weren't working to begin with. It's just in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out for years. And here's the thing is that medication is it, it tries to treat as many people as possible mm -hmm. for something that is highly individualized, right? Like, so what you needed is not the same as what a similar person oh, needed. I needed a doctor that actually, see, I had a doctor, he spent an hour and a half asking me questions. Right. Then he diagnoses me as bipolar. Right. And then then the, the county switches doctors on me and I get another doctor that prescribes an injection of, of a psychotherapy drug, of a, of a schizophrenic drug, even without meeting me. And I couldn't believe it. And I had to do it in order to get my housing. Well, and, and you do mention one thing about how, you know, you were in and out of drunk tanks holding cells. And again, it sounds like, because by talking to you, you know, no offense or nothing, it does sound like you're drunk, right? Like the slurred speech and oh. stuff like that. So a cop sees that and they're like, holy shit, this guy's hammered. So what is actually going on is my question. I come off drunk sometimes yes, when yeah. I first meet people and I don't know what it is, I'm not really stoned or drunk. I haven't drank in, in several months. Um, it, uh, I don't know. Um, I sometimes people think that I'm drunk when they when they first meet me, but then they realize quickly can realize that I'm not. And stuff, but when the cops all got to know me, and some of them had their had their head out for me one time. So um um, I just get out of the hospital, and they prescribe what's called um at the hospital they prescribed uh, a benzodiazepine called uh, Ativan. Right. And they like to prescribe that just to settle you down. But when you get out of the hospital, your eyes get dilated. And yeah, a cop, look, I'm freaking over here sitting at the beach. A cop comes by. He sees this other guy here and he pats him down. He had some drugs on him. And I didn't know about that. But he sees me, pats me down. He don't find anything on me because I don't. I did Adderall and I did Ritalin in first grade. I don't need to work <laughs> yeah. yeah. About That's cheap shit, man. Yeah. Worrying I'm not going to do math and get right. addicted to being that way. No way. No right. matter how good it feels. Um, but um, he's all oh, your eyes are dilated and I just went to the jail right then i wasn't out of the hospital for three hours going back to jail so brian it sounds like in your life 
you haven't been treated with a whole lot of well, kindness hard. or compassion. It's hard when it's hard when you don't know what to do to right to get help. Right. And the help that you're getting is just wrong help. Um nobody necessarily has the answer or else they would have done it. But for me, the answer was to make it so that I wasn't starving. So I had to get a trespassing charge asking for a hamburger in front of your favorite restaurant, you know, or front of a restaurant. Um, if I had my money, if I had an apartment, I would be out of sight, out of mind and healthy, you know, um, depending, they, I, I could be dead too, because they were prescribing lithium to me at one point. And um, they, I got up to Utah and they checked my blood and they said, well, we got to stop that because I could kill you. Um, but Lithium? Kill you, lithium. Lithium, they prescribed that for a psychiatric. It's an old drug. Your grandma could have taken it. Yeah, because lithium is for depression, I think, right? It's a wide variety. Uh, it could, I guess, but they were prescribing it for me for, um, it says psychotherapy, um, schizophrenic drug. That's actually a good point. So, um, there's this word. I always thought I was schizophrenic. But the only times I showed schizophrenic behavior was when I was overstimulated and I went into a shock. Right. Or overstimulated because you're on drugs, right? There's like like the drugs that they're prescribing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There's oh, there's yeah. something, there's a, a word called idiotrophic. I think I, I'm probably saying it wrong. But anyways, it's one so antidepressant antidepression pills creates an idiotrophic response that you actually develop depression. Hmm. Have you ever heard of that? So it's like when you see the suicidal response. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, do not suddenly stop taking this or you might kill yourself. It's like, well, holy fuck, I probably shouldn't take this, right? Well, right now I'm on what's called Zyprexa and I'm liking it. So I don't know if you ever do that. (laughs) I look forward to taking my Zyprexa. What, is, what does that do? What is that? I don't for? know. It's a mood stabilizer. Right. So I did date one girl. I did I did talk about her in my book, but um, um oh I these pe- girls that have done ecstasy or a lot of ecstasy, snorting lines of ecstasy mm-hmm. make them permanently depressed and suicidal. You know what I'm saying? Can't say that comes as a surprise. All of that, all of that joy and happiness yeah. and feeling good kind of fries your brain. <laughs> there, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah. Feeling depressed, like like I met some people at the hospital. Well, you're describing your journey. What is it that you think you need? From well, people. right now, I'm, I don't need anything. I'm in the, I was houseless for a very long time, but 
um, thanks to my mom and my grandma, um, I my inheritance was a full, fully functional apartment. I got my own bedroom, my own kitchen, my own living room, my own bathroom, my own washer and dryer. Um, up above in, a, in my own entrance to my apartment. So now I can be a retired activist. I like that. You know, so I don't need to do anything to survive. And whereas before I was just scratching, cleaning onto semblance of life just to survive. Now I'm happy, and if I want to do a podcast, I do a podcast. And then if I want to call chiropractors and do hip, hypnosis to help people with pain, because that's what I'm doing now to try to gain a little bit more income, but it's not like I need it. Um, on um, I'm calling chiropractors and asking them to refer their patients to me that have pain and if you go to all uh, pain.run www.pain.run you'll see my website there and I talk about just different hypnosis things and how that can help with pain management I've known that for a long time but I've never been able to get a career doing that and at the time hypnosis as a career was hard because you get one client only sits with you six to seven times because then the client gets better right and then and then getting constantly constantly constant all the hypnotists i've ever met were part-time but now with covid i think i might be able to do a full-time practice over the phone because it's a lot more acceptable to be done over the phone whereas before you were expected to have it have have all the ppe and stuff yeah Yeah. so in your life have you experienced a lot of kindness from people or people not been understanding of your situation you know um um, I know how to make uh, balloon animals. I wasn't able to make money in Santa Barbara because all the restaurants were tiny little boutique shops and the tourists weren't appreciative of balloon art as much. Balloon art, yeah. Balloon, you know, she's taking out. Yeah. But when I left, um, left and came back and I went to Riverside. There was a big restaurant, big, um, what they call a buffet. I ended up into there and I was making some money. This guy, he says, look, uh, I want to be your friend. Really took me by surprise. Um, He just asked me, hey, I'd like to be your friend. He gave me a ride home and I mean, he brought his daughter there, so I he you know I yeah. made them a balloon, made her a balloon, and um, he said he wanted me, and he kept coming back to the restaurant. He kept coming back, and then I went to it was a franchise, so, or it was a, it was there was another restaurant about thirty minutes 
away it was bigger so i wanted to go there he and that was actually closer to where he lives so he ended up meeting me there he ended up giving me two dogs um a total of two dogs and i still talk to him to this day so really if you want to be friends with someone you just can reach out and so you would say that the world, despite the difficulties that you've had, is a trustworthy and kind place. Well, I don't really like, see, you know, the world and people are different. Right. You want to say the world, the world is just, you know, if you have, if you're by yourself, it, it sucks, but if you're not by yourself, then you can help you. It could be a very kind place. It depends on who is in your world. I like that. That's a good answer, Brian. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, yeah. You, you t- tell us one more time. You got the book, "How to Escape from a Mental Asylum." You have. Uh, yeah, so just go to brian.gives. Brian.gives. Uh, in your browser, in your Chrome browser. If you search, it won't go there. But if you put the URL, B-R-I-N.G-I-V-E-S, that'll show you, that has a link to uh, my book on Amazon, How to Escape from an Asylum, and my various podcasts. I do want to encourage anybody, if you want to meditate, ever heard of guided meditation or hypnosis we'll go into that and that's um pain.run awesome well thank you so much brian and uh uh make sure that yeah during this whole covid thing you know we're locked inside our houses give your sister a call and and stay connected with people well you know it it it, like i said it was snowing when i first met it mention it's nice to be all nice and cozy and <laughs> it's all right farming it's snowing it's a good time to be inside right yeah <laughs> awesome buddy hey man you take care and thank you so much for your time just revita means until we see again yeah i like it how, how do you say it that's, that's esperado yeah or gist how say what sorry one more time yes. they just just G-I-F, just, not the T. Yeah, just, yeah. I like that. I'll be see again. I like it, man. All right, you take care, brother. Bye. Once again, that was Brian Carpenter sharing us his story about his his mental health, where he's at in his life, and, uh, and what he needs, and I think he illustrates a very important point that we just need connection. We are creatures that thirst for connection and we will do whatever we need to attain it. So be kind to one another uh, and, and seek to understand. And I believe that you will get so much further in life when you do that. So thank you for listening. Happy holidays. Thank you again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.